Hello and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction. This week, I am happy to have with me Dave Cooper. Dave is a familiar face for many people in our industry, uh, host of Dave Cooper Live and a uh, definitely a modular construction expert. So Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. This is awesome, man. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, learn a little bit more about your background. Normally, you're the one doing the interviewing and uh, talking to all sorts of great guests on your show. Uh, But for people who maybe haven't tuned in before, uh, maybe do a short intro. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, my background really in the construction world, I've I've been a modular builder for 20 plus years back when modular wasn't even cool. Uh, Started doing it. So uh, really, uh, you know, in this industry and our background, you know, from modular to what I'm doing now at DaveCooper.Live was it was kind of a smooth transition because I was already doing video to promote modular, you know, back when it wasn't cool, like I said. And then I slowly just started interviewing people and and that's how we came up with DaveCooper.Live. So, but if I were to go all the way back, Sean, and do it the way I always ask my guests to do it, which I try not to, is uh, I have a big military background. I was in the military for 10 years and uh, served all throughout the, the Middle East. And, you know, of course, through our great country, I've been all over the place. Uh, and when I got out of the military, I started actually... Uh, uh, you know, working for Johnson and Johnson, I was a spinal implant rep, if all things, right? And so I went from a spinal implant rep to a modular home builder. And people always say, well, how, how did that happen? Uh, September 11th hit, and I realized I was really unhappy doing what I was doing. Uh, and I decided as a, I was a rescue worker during September 11th, and uh, I was there and sitting there one, one afternoon, just a couple days after it happened, I just realized I need to make a change in my life. Life is short and uh, I started uh, started building modular homes, and you know, there's a longer story to how that happened. But went from modular homes to videos to now Dave Cooper Live. So here we are. Wow, that's uh, quite the the transition there. Um, so I always typically ask my guests, you know, for you, you got into the military. I think you're a combat medic, which is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, when you were growing up, was kind of the military always uh, something that you were looking at, or how how did that happen? You know, yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, school wasn't my favorite thing. You know, I think that's a lot for uh, for a lot of people in the construction world, right? Um, I was always really good with my hands, visually talking, things of that nature. So uh, my grandfather was a World War II vet, served uh, in the South Pacific, and was lucky enough that he survived that with, with plenty of Purple Hearts and others. So uh, yeah, it was kind of born and bred into us. You know, my grandfather's uh, father, they came from Austria-Hungary. Uh, and when World War II started, his father said, you will sign up and go fight. Uh, and that's that's kind of what happened. So we have a pretty strong military tradition all the way, all the way back, you know, for us, even before World War II, his father was in the Austrian army. Wow, that's impressive. Well, definitely. Thank you for that. Obviously, service is not an easy thing to do. And uh, right. we appreciate and are lucky that uh, we have people like you that have done it. Um, moving forward, obviously you got into medical sales, you had a medical background a bit in the, in the military. So that's, uh, a good fit there. Um, sales wise though, sales is not always something that, uh, people gravitate to or have a proclivity for. Um, what made you think that you, you would enjoy sales? Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I don't think anything made me think that it was just the first opportunity that came about. 
You know, here I was out of the service, you know, making four or $500 a month. And now I had a chance to make, you know, 30, 30 grand, you know, it was a big deal and plus commission. So, uh, but when I did, when I did start doing it uh, and doing sales, cause I was a spinal implant rep. So I was running uh, orthopedic and cadaver labs at, you know, NYU hospital for joint disease, Robert Wood Johnson and so forth. Uh, and I was basically training neuro-orthopedic spine surgeons how to do spinal implants. And what does that mean, right? So I'm not the doctor when it comes to the scientific side, but I was the expert for them to train them on the products that J&J, Johnson & Johnson, Dupuy-Acromed were, were coming up with. So it was really a sales slash consultative type you know, yeah. thing because we were in the operating room you know, on calls, you know, we always had to come in for emergencies, lived, lived by a pager, if anybody remembers what that is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, and that kind of actually is, it's an interesting segue from there into the modular world because, you know, you're, you're teaching doctors how to do something that's probably relatively new to them. And there's probably a bit of resistance to using these new things. And then you move over to modular construction and you're teaching builders about how to do something different. And there's probably some resistance to it. Uh, so talk a little bit about uh, modular and what kind of sparked your passion there. Yeah. So I started flipping properties, you know, doing remodels, just just getting my toes wet, trying to do something different while I was with Johnson & Johnson. Um, though, I, though I liked what I did, I didn't love it, you know. Uh, and if, you know, there's doctors and neuro guys listening, no offense, but, you know, there's some of the most egotistical, ignorant people, you know, just out there. They're super smart. But yeah. it's very political, mm. um, and 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 you know, so that was where my uncomfort level came in. Because if you weren't a doctor, you were into them below. below. Even okay. though I, I I was in the military and probably saw more than a lot of them have even seen. Uh, so that's what kind of inspired me to start doing something different. And I started flipping homes. Taking a step back, just so everybody understands, growing up, I was framing houses on, mm. in the summers, right, with with a framing company and. That's when I swore I'd never be in the construction industry. You know, that those 4 a.m. walks on, you know, sill plates that have ice on them or, or you know, it's, it's just no fun, especially when you're young. Back to where we were, though, that's what I started doing. I ended up starting, uh, you know, just buying and flipping properties. Then my pants got a little bit bigger. I bought a piece of property, decided to build a spec house on it. The guy next to me ended up doing a modular. I was still framing. I was finishing sheetrock. His clients were moving in the house, mm. it, right? And that was kind of the aha moment. And, and his product was not that much different at, at all from my product. You couldn't tell the difference. Same style, two-story, you know, 2,000-square-foot type colonial. Um, so I ended up going over and talking. His name's Ron, Ron Seascholtz. And the funny part about it is his wife, believe it or not, grew up across the street from my father in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And I asked Ron, I said, Ron, if I work for you for free, will you teach me how to do this? And that's what I did. I spent six months and we did a couple houses in those six months that he had projects going on. And I literally, outside of when I was in the hospital doing, doing my you know, uh, spinal implant stuff, I was spending most of my time working with him. And that's how I ended up learning modular. And when I sold my first modular home, I was sitting in a barber chair in Hoboken, New Jersey. And the mayor of South Hackensack was my barber. And he wanted to build a house. And I was like, well, I can build you a house. Yeah. I sold my first house. And that was it. And that's how, that's how the modular, uh, modular process really began. Um, 
you know, but in between all this September 11th, hit, like I said, and that was kind of the catapult to pull the plug here on J&J. I'm going to do this full time. And that's what. Happened. Okay. That's a really great story. That makes a lot of sense as well. Um, when we say modular construction, that means a lot of different things to different people. Yeah. Uh, how would you define modular? And then how does like prefabricated uh, components uh, come into that? So, so modular is, is kind of a, a system, a complete system, right? So when we think about modular, we're thinking volumetric, you know, for those that don't understand it, it's, it's a box that's finished. Think of sitting in your living room, the walls are on, the sheetrock's on, right? The sheetrock's there, the outlets are there, the lights are in. This is, this is modular. And funny enough, you know what the number one search word for modular is on, on YouTube and the other channels? No. Prefab. Hmm. Prefabs. So when you say prefab component, right, this is where we come into an identity crisis in our industry of like, what are we? But so modular in general is the same product as any site built home. It's just the process in which we build it is different. We fall under all the same codes, you know, all the same standards as any site built home. Uh, In fact, modular in general is held to a higher standard because there's manufacturing involved, there's third party inspections, there's engineering reviews, different than, you know, an architect who just draws it up, stamps it and gives it to, uh, you know, whatever site general contractors out there. So to really understand the difference with it, modular is built like a regular traditional home. Manufactured home is going to be, you know, like on a steel chassis, right? Some people call it prefabricated, but it's really manufactured. So that's a steel chassis, has wheels, and you can place it on a permanent foundation. And then, as you know, then you have mobile homes from there, which stay on their wheels or or what have. Yeah. Okay. And so when you're looking at uh, kind of the modular construction industry as a whole, what are some of the main benefits that you see to it over uh, site built homes? Sure. Speed. The accuracy of, of the finish, the strength of the product. Uh, and as we're learning on our BS Friday show, it's just, it's so much healthier. Yeah. This, this lumber is never wet. We're not dealing with health and mold issues, you know, that we're seeing in traditional site built homes that, you know, one day it's raining and, you know, a couple of days later they're putting sheetrock on it or, or, you know, Tyvek and tying everything in, whatever the case is. In your case, Siga, right? My vest. Yeah. So I, I think the biggest benefit to modular is the speed in which it can be done, the accuracy of which it can be done, the strength. And now it's even, it's a healthier and more energy efficient, less carbon footprint, all of those things. It's a better way to build. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of positives. Uh, what, uh, what do you think if, what are the negatives and how do we get past them? So I think that I think there's two negatives. The biggest negative is the stigma that people have. They don't really understand what modular is. So that's probably the biggest negative from an industry standpoint. From a construction standpoint, modular is not the best solution for every project. It's just not. You know, we're we're these are big modules, cubes, right? Coming down the highway, they don't fit and and you can't get them everywhere. Uh, you know, and there are some limitations on, you know, heights and widths and, and certain things of that nature. But what people need to also understand with that, there's always the, it, we can do 90% of what most site builders can do. Out Same house, all homes are squares, all homes are rectangles. It's just a matter of how you get dressed, right? Just like in the morning, you can get dressed to go play football or you can put on your suit and tie to go to work. It's houses are the same way. Okay. 
And so, I mean, I think anyone who's been in the construction industry for a while has, has heard uh, for years now that modular is the way of the future and, and these prefabricated and modular together uh, are going to be how everything's done. And it's it's not there yet. Um, what, uh, other than what you just mentioned, do you think is holding it back? And, and where do you see this going in the next kind of five years? Yeah. All right. So you ready for my soapbox? Yeah, well, let's go. <laughs> I think here's what's holding us back. We're a very fragmented industry. Right, we have we have the Modular Home Builders Association, we have MBI, we have the Panelization Associations, we have the Components Association, we have all these different associations that were, are within offsite in general. Right, Modular is a portion of offsite. So, you know, I think I think the biggest thing we have is outside of an identity crisis is we don't have one collective voice that's driving the industry forward. Uh, you know, so I think. From our standpoint, that's probably the biggest thing, in my opinion, that is holding this industry back. And it is, it is just, you know, we're fragmented. There's no, there's no consistency in the voice. Now, with that said, we're also making a ton of progress. The industry is moving very fast towards offsite because of the lack of labor, as you know, uh, skilled labor, I should say. And, and, and because of, because of the lack of skilled labor, it is forcing the larger production builders and other builders to look at a different way of building, which is starting to shine the light in offsite. Uh, but again, I think it really comes back to us cohesively coming together as an industry and really caring about, you know, hey, this is a better way to build. This is a better product for the consumer. It's better product for our employees that are on site building. And uh, so my, my opinion is, is we need, we need a stronger voice in the industry. So people consumer wise really understand what it means to be modular, panelized, volumetric, whatever. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the area of the industry that I spend most of my time in kind of high performance, better construction, if you will, yeah. um, faces a similar issue in that uh, we have all these different standards, all these different associations, Passive House, Net Zero, LEED, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And there's no cohesive to the consumer, you know, statement saying like, here's how we build better. Uh, So I I think that makes a ton of sense for modular. Yeah, and they Uh, do. And they seem to to not want to share, you know, like it's just weird to me, right? You'd think... I, I say to everybody, you know, offsite and even even in building science, what are we three percent, maybe five percent of the entire market? Exactly. There's not a there's not a single one that has the secret sauce. If they did, we wouldn't be four or five percent of the market. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that that gets me is that uh, everybody can have their own organizations, but let's have one cohesive voice so we can make policy change. We can talk to the government officials and the big builders. So. And I know you're facing that the same way with what you do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the, the cohesive voice is the important part. Yeah. You, know, you can have passive house, you can have net zero, you can have all these different things. That's great. Different ways to, uh, uh, you know, approach the same problem. But right. don't don't be fighting each other. Fight the, fight the standard. Yeah. But, uh, good. All right. Um, switching gears a little bit. Uh, obviously, I want to talk a little bit about Dave Cooper Live, kind of how that started. And sure. uh, obviously, it's turned into... Uh, six days a week and, and quite the production now with a lot of very interesting guests. So what uh, you mentioned earlier, you kind of already were doing some videos. So you thought you'd, you'd try it out some more. Um, how did that kind of morph into where you are now? Sure. So when as, as a modular home builder, uh, I, I'll, I'll give you the cliff note version of this. I, I walked into our office one day and we had three locations in New England. And, and 
one of the staff members comes up and said, hey, Dave, we have Angel on the phone. Angel was our marketing person. You know, they said, she wants to talk to you. I said, all right. You know, so I went and I sat down and joined the meeting and Angel looks at me and she leans in and she goes, Dave. I said, what? She goes, you're not going to like this. And I said, what do you mean I'm not going to like this? She goes, I need you to do something for me. And, and, I, and I'm like, okay, whatever you want. She goes, I need you to go do videos and, you know, showcase your product. Now, this is going back six years, you know, seven years, eight, seven years now. You know, so it was just coming out with Facebook video and Facebook Live and all this. And I said, I said, okay, we can get somebody to do that. And she said, no, you need to do it. And that's how this all started. And, you know, so a little bit of that back and forth. And, and as soon as, and I finally agreed. And she goes, oh, and one more thing. She goes, you have to do it live. You can't pre-record these. You have to do it live. So this is how the whole process started. And I ended up my, that afternoon, went to one of our houses and I paced around for two hours before I did. Just, I was so scared, like nervous, palm sweaty. So that, that's kind of what started it. And I think the interesting part was we continued doing the videos just a couple of weeks at that point. And I was going live. Then I started getting the hang for it. And about six months later, after starting to build this channel, people started walking in the door and they would see me and they'd say, hey, you're, you're the guy on YouTube. Man, my wife watched all those videos. She loved the White House with the white you know, subway tile and dot, dot, dot. And it dawned on us that you know, like it hit home. Here we are selling people are people are selling us our product whom we've never met because they build a relationship right just like you get people on the podcast that follow what you do uh so that's really what started happening and then it started becoming a regular thing where people would walk in the door and we'd be on the second or third meeting already because they felt like they know us. yeah uh, so that's how the video started and fast forward you know two years uh, I was going to the trade shows. I was speaking at uh, IBS and, and you know, my wife, Jennifer, who also does Building Modular on Tuesdays, uh, she said, you know what, you should start interviewing. You know, and then once again, I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, here we go. But that's how it happened. So I took, my, I took my camera gear when we went to the shows, went to trade shows. I just started asking if I could interview people and just, you know, and this wasn't live, just pre-recorded interviews. We started doing that, and that's how Dave Cooper Live really was was born. It just started gaining traction. I was having a lot of fun, just like you, you know, telling other people's stories and listening to what they're doing and uh, talking about innovation in the industry. And uh, that's how Dave Cooper Live came about, and we decided to create our own channel on it. Um, and when COVID hit, that's when we really decided to go to the next level, and we said, all right. It's COVID. Everybody's stuck at home. We're not able to go to trade shows anymore. Yep. And I think I said publicly on uh, live one day, I'm like, you know what? We're going to go live six days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and after I said it, I'm like, oh, because I, I, that's that military in me, right? If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And that's just all there is to it. Yeah. it, it it's ended up being, it, it's stressful, but it's ended up being one of the greatest things. Like just, I'm having so much fun with it. Um, and as we go, it's getting easier to get people on. So it's not as much, you know, it's always like herding cats trying to get people. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. The getting, getting guests on, getting people to pay attention to it, uh, yeah. marketing, all those types of things. It's one, one platform that you've really done a lot of work on. I mean, everyone thinks, or a lot of times people think, you know, video YouTube, um, and you do a lot of work on YouTube, but you've also made a lot of use of LinkedIn video, which is kind of a newer, uh, medium as far as the video things go. Um, how, how do you think the two compare and where do you think people should focus? 
Yeah. So LinkedIn and why we chose LinkedIn was based on, I ended up getting the beta LinkedIn live very early when it came out. And how that happened was I, I was like that little chihuahua nipping at their ankles. I just kept reaching out and reaching out. And I was doing a ton of content and they were looking for people doing content, business content, not what food you're having. Uh, and one day I just showed, I saw the director of uh, video marketing popped up on my feed saying he looked at my profile. And that afternoon I got a message, hey, you have LinkedIn Live. So that, that was the main reason we went there because out of the 7 million people, you know, at that point, I think there was less than 100,000 people on the live beta or what have you. Uh, so that's where we started. And that was the reason we started there. And also what we're doing is very, you know, it's very, it's B2C in a lot of ways, like on YouTube, you know, we get a lot of consumers tuning in, but we are doing a lot of B2B because our, our, you know, our goal is to connect industry leaders together so we can grow the conversation in this industry around, you know, what's happening in the home building and commercial uh, industries, you know, and what does that mean? That means technology, innovation, how do we build it, you know, better? Yeah. How do we build it healthier? You know, who are the people that can do that? So uh, that's how LinkedIn got involved. And then we moved to YouTube uh, and also Facebook. We're doing all three now. Uh, one, because we needed a place to house all those videos. You know, a lot yeah. of people don't understand. You do LinkedIn videos, uh, you'll be, you'd be hard pressed to find them 12 months later. They, they bury it. You can't get to it. Even I can't find old videos. They, they're gone. So we started, we started realizing, hey, listen, we're, we got this huge database of all of these experts from around the world. Uh, and that's how YouTube came about. And so that's why we started, you know, really paying attention to the YouTube channel. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what's the future for Dave Cooper Live? Uh, where do you see it going? Where do you want it to go? Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to continue doing what we're doing. It may only go to five days a week after this year's up because I committed to the year, but you know, uh, we're we're growing, you know. It's 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 a lot of fun. So right now we're working with uh, companies from all over the world, uh, you know, because trade shows are dead, and this has become another uh, you know median for them platform uh, to connect with industry experts because we do a lot of B two B stuff, and so that that's kind of the first thing that is kind of unexpected. We didn't see that coming, but that's one of the things that's really been great about some of the work we're getting to do. Second is we're doing our roadshow, you know, starting the end of January. Uh, fall goes as planned, and we know the plans are about you know to fall apart all the time. That you never know what's coming. But we're yeah. gonna we're gonna bring the trade shows to the world. We're gonna travel the country. We're gonna be going to factories and job sites and suppliers and manufacturers and builders, and we're gonna showcase products on the East Coast, the Midwest, the West Coast, and really really take this up. And we're taking our entire family and an RV. Kids and all, they're homeschooled. Uh, so we're going to do this and uh, we're going to see if we truly can make a difference in, in the construction world and truly make a difference moving forward. Uh, and then the end game, I think, is to really uh, bring this industry together that's so fragmented and, 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 and really have a voice in this industry that's for the good of all of us to, to do, like I said, build better, build healthier. That's fantastic. That's a lot of work, uh, and it's certainly appreciated by all of us in the industry, though, because uh, it's it's needed work right now. Uh, as I get towards the end of my podcast, listeners know I always have two questions. Uh, the first one's kind of a fun question because you get a magic wand. 
so if you had a magic wand and you could get rid of any one misconception about modular building, uh, what would it be for you? Yeah, I, I think for me, it would just be getting rid of what the misconception of what modular is. It's unfortunately been you know lumped in with mobile homes and manufactured homes. And I think that's probably the biggest misconception we have. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think that would be the biggest thing I'd like to change. That makes a lot of sense for sure. Uh, and then the last question, it's a personal interest question for me. I read and collect a lot of books. So if you were to recommend a book right now, personal or professional, uh, which one would it be for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you say that. So sitting on my desk, you know, Miles Biggs, Biggs Ideas, right? Yep. Uh, he's, he just made the top five podcasts in the country. And he actually sent me this. And this is what I've been reading over the last, you know, couple of days. Unseen work by Miles Biggs. Uh, you know, and what's great about Miles, a lot of people don't know is he's in this industry, Sean. He used to be the general manager of Ritzcraft. Oh, okay. One of the largest modular manufacturers on the East Coast, three locations. He was the top guy there for several years. You know, now he's doing his podcast and working with Mojo Active. But yeah, Miles, Miles, Miles J. Biggs, unseen work. And it's, uh, it's great. Great. He just had a TED Talk as well. Perfect. Well, I'm definitely going to be grabbing that one. I didn't know he had a book out, but uh, that's fantastic. I will grab that. All right. Well, for everyone listening and watching, I'm going to put links down below to uh, Dave Cooper Live, all of Dave's social media, and then I'll also throw a link in for Miles' book because I know I want to check it out myself. And uh, with that, Dave, thank you so much for your time. Hey, I love it, man. Thanks, Sean. Keep doing what you do. And uh, I, I, I love I love connecting with you all the time. It's a lot of fun. 